All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, a terrific Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back to The Gregor Show on Sports 1440, live on Oilers Nation YouTube. And as always, presented by our title sponsor, Play alberta.ca where hey you can uh, get in the game you can call the shots with the same game parlays at playalberta.ca sign up today with the uh, promo code sports50 and you'll get a free $50 bet playalberta.ca as we uh, welcome in studio once again uh, every Tuesday former NHLer former uh, GM and head coach in the AJHL now he's just a hoodie-wearing regular here on the J. who always has nice hats, though, when he comes in the studio. Sean Brown joins us. Brownie, how you doing? Awesome. And this couldn't be any better weather, and thanks for the... Uh, you got the little compliment. soul patch going, eh? I always had that. I just... You know what? I just... I don't know when I picked that up, but I, right. I, I don't shave to the skin. Okay. Just, uh, okay. I get ingrown hairs and right. I just kind of always well, have a little It looks a little, little bit bare. looks like you're growing it out there. Are you trying to match my hair? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I noticed you're wearing a hat a lot more now. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah. Keep well, that hidden. Well, you know what? I don't mind because I could show it right now. Look, like now it's now it's not a big deal yet, but you see like you see the formation of it, right? Yeah, it's like, coming. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like right now it's, it's. It's teetering on the brink. Like, you know the horridness is coming. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's not good about it, right? Like, especially when I wear a, uh, my, my headphones, you can't see anything really, right? People online will be like, well, it doesn't look like I can't see anything. It's not bad. Well, yeah, of course. That's why the people whining about he's wearing a hat are clueless because they understand. You know what I mean? I'm not hiding anything yet. <laughs> In a month, that's when I'll be wearing a hat all the time. <laughs> I've seen you at the, the Oilers like game. The, the ring of confidence is going to be put to the test a yeah. lot here, Brown. Yeah, uh, but you know what, though? Um, if bell bottoms can come back in, yeah. maybe I will bring the Costanza 
and the Leahy and the Mansbridge, it'll come back. Maybe, well, you know what, for all the guys out there that want to wear it, you know what? Hey, maybe uh, yeah. somebody's got to be somebody's got to stand up for those who don't have a voice. That, I'll I, be the voice for those with the ring of confidence. <laughs> it could actually go well with your outfit right now. That's a nice look for yourself. Uh, right? The brown and blue with a little bit of hair growth there. I, that's a good look for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate the uh, the attempt at uh, at humor, but that's good. No, I like it. It's um, actually I don't like it. I hate it. It's uh, like I have not honestly. Like I know it's only, it's coming up on three weeks. Uh, not shaving, like like my head itches, man. Like I don't like it. Like it just feels, you know, feels odd. Uh, although I will say, you know, the back of my head, the uh, the hair, it's really soft, right? Because usually it's stubbly. So it's, what's uh, a wife think? Oh, she's well. All she says is, well, you know what? It's not bad now. But why did you say six months? Like you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. Like it was self. Um, that's the thing. It's so self-destructive. And I said, well, that's fitting. You know what? I cover the orders. They were the most self-destructive team in the first 15 games of the season. No one's better. And really, you know, so yeah, that's, uh, I don't have an answer. She's got a good sense of humor, right? Like yeah. she thinks it's funny now, but the other day, like I came upstairs and we were talking. She goes, I can't take you serious. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm like, it's only been like, what's it going to be like in a few yeah. months? So, yeah, it won't be great. It's, so. it's a tough time now, too, right? We got all the Christmas parties that are going to be coming up. That's oh, going well, to be the same. That's going to be the main topic. Like, you know no? what? Hey, minus 30. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Minus 30. And everyone's like, Gregor, why are you wearing a two? Because it's minus 30. Okay. Yeah. So now it's a little bit harder. But yeah, it's not, uh, like I said, like right now, it's not a big deal. If, if you, if you watch online, like people watching, like, I can't really see anything. But, um, you just give it time. It's starting like at the top because I have the headset on. It, it blocks it, but the top sprouts at the back. Like they're what, starting to stand up. It's it's. What do you do at the top? Are you completely bald at the top, or you got to cut? No, trim? dude. What, I, what do you do? Dude, I'm that? like just vision for anybody out there. You can just close your eyes, right? <laughs> this and, could be a bad visual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just you know, like the parting of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Right? You know how Moses parts the sea? Well, that basically my hairline is like there's the part right down the middle. It's the highway brownie. It's like the mm-hmm. highway. Everybody wants to go there. That's where you score. <laughs> but then there's the ditches on the side. And the, they're they're pretty plush. So that's kind of how it is. You could tell you coach minor hockey. Yeah. Hey? Metal yep. outside exactly. ditches. <laughs> so I'm trying to use terms that people out there will understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very relatable to the young kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's uh it is funny cuz my kid in our room's like Coach, what's up with your hair? Just, you know, because nine-year-old kids are very honest. I'm like, ah, I lost the bed. He goes, what? I said, I got to grow my hair out. And he just starts laughing. And he goes, geez, maybe I should get my dad to do that. <laughs> so it's all the fellow, uh, the fellow cue balls. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough, like, I, I, and like, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I appreciated the, the sentiment of Connor, but I also think it was somewhat hidden in pain when he offered the olive branch of, well, if they win five in a row, then it's only three months. Right. He goes, well, the orders got you in it so they can get you out of it. And so I was like, of course the day after I'm just, I'm just, Hey, whatever olive branch I'll take it. But now I realize the minute they win two or three in a row, you're like, Oh geez, maybe it's suddenly. And then guess what? Then they lose. And then you just start back over again. So it's like false hope. So it's kind of almost annoying me. The, The one thing you got going for you, you have a nice, shaped head like that is true you've seen some bald guys right, yeah. oh, where, oh yeah i don't know if they were left on their back or they got some <laughs> odd shaped heads right it's, that's not a good look and that's, this is a hundred percent true story so i was 22 and back when i could grow hair 
right? Everywhere. Like I can still grow hair, just obviously not, uh, not, not in the middle anyway. But, um, back when I had that head of hair, I, I never really liked my hair. So I, I think the first time I shaved my head, I was 22 years of age and went like 20, 22, young. like, but I saw pictures of you. You remember like not, I wasn't shaved with a razor, but yeah. right down like low brush cut, yeah. right? Like you yeah. used to rock yeah. a brush cut. Yeah. Right? I, I shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, so one day, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm in Safeway one day and this, this elder lady, she started, she goes, she asked me if I could get her help to reach one of the, something on the top shelf. So I grab her, reach down and she just looks at me. She goes, you know, you have a very nice shaped head. And I was just like, well, thank you. And after that, I was like, yeah, I don't need hair. I don't need hair. Some random lady at Safeway. The guy was just like, I was like, yeah, I got a nice shaved head. So, yeah, I am lucky that way. There's no dents in it. It's pretty well proportioned to my body. So, yeah. So, which is good. Like, I think I was meant to be that way because I then it didn't bother me. Like, some guys, when they lose their hair, like, I see guys now. And the other day I saw this online. that There is a treatment that some men are doing. That they can, they grow by two inches. But you go in, they, they, like, I was, I watched the video and I'm just like, what? Like, this is like a, like months of rehabilitation. And when they're done, they're two inches taller. Okay. But, uh, wh- and I don't know what their functionality is long term. Like, yeah. could you be a professional athlete? Yeah. So I'm like, I get now I've never been five, six as a grown man. So I don't know. Like, it, I'm sure it's probably tough, right? Like, I, there's a lot of jokes. I get it. But people make jokes about ball. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, people say, hey, Gregor, you're bald. What? Wait a sec. <laughs> Let me look in the mirror. What? Are you kidding me? I didn't know. Right? Like, it's – so I don't know. But that's I'm, – I'm lucky it never bothered me. But, like, I know yeah. lots of guys that, like, losing their hair, it's, like, yeah. rattling for them. But you were 21. Like, that. that's young. Yeah. Right? And you but got I married, wasn't you losing married, my hair. You got married later on. Yeah, way later. 39. Yeah. So did that affect anything? It didn't bother – if it didn't bother you then at 22 in your – Prime, like why would it? Bo- you mean did it bother me that I was married and I was bald? No, no, but you were losing your hair at twenty-two. That's pretty young. Well, no, no, no. I had lots of hair when I shaved it. I just didn't like the oh, look of it. Oh, yeah. okay, I started, okay. Like, but I knew okay. that, like the dream officially. Like yeah. I look back, I would say I was probably like thirty-one when it was like you know the power alleys were pretty deep <laughs> at that point, right? Yeah, so, because yeah. um, I think the I was looking through because uh, my wife had asked me because she's never seen me with hair, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked me when was the last time you had hair, and I'm like, well, I got to go look at some pictures. So my very first year in media, I have a press pass at the Grey Cup, and I had I had hair. And now it was short, but I had hair, and that was the last time. So that was 2001. What was your style? Did you part in the like? Uh, no, what, buddy, what's I, I kind of went with the uh, like the box cut, right? Uh, short, spiky box cut. Okay. Then a little bit of parted on the side as I got older. But yeah, yeah, it was never it was never a great look. Like I didn't look good. Like honestly, I think I look better. People have seen me with hair. Yeah. There's maybe like one. I have one really good picture I like with yeah. hair, but then lots of other ones. I'm like, nah, I don't like it. So. No, it was never, uh, so I'm lucky it didn't bother me, but I know guys, like my brother had like, yeah. he rocked hockey hair, like long hair, right? Out of, mm-hmm. Down his back, you know, I loved it. It's from the Duke back in the eighties and like I was there, but I didn't grow long hair. Right? Like I had the wings once and I'm like, this is a terrible <laughs> look, beat it. But like, you know, like pretty much every eighties rock band, Helix, it's, it's like all of their groupies lived in the Duke. They all had that hairstyle. Yeah, yeah. Like you can, I could, everybody listening who is between the age of 40 and 50 right now, or even probably up to 55 or 60 and lived in the Duke's like, Oh yeah, banger town. Like they love their heavy metal, man. They love yeah. the long hair. And that was my brother. And so, but when he started to lose his salad a little bit in his late twenties <laughs> and as a brother, like, of course you're going to chirp him. Ooh, that was a, that was yeah. a, that was the one I was like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I could tell. So yeah, everybody's different. Like it doesn't bother him now, but yeah. originally it was, um, it was devastating for him. And I've seen other guys like 
like I, you've seen guys with some comb overs, and I'm like, dude, how do you think that looks better? Yeah. Like I'd love to just go up to him with a razor. Yeah. Once you do it once, it's yeah. freeing. Yeah. At some point, we have to just cash our chips in. Yeah. And it's over. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. We're our best well, days are behind. Like us. our Tuesday guest at four twenty. Right. We know that. Like. <laughs> Uh, it's on the back side, right? Yeah. Like the Got Your Pad uh, podcast. Like those guys might be going to Turkey together, <laughs> right? Like there, Turkey could make a lot of money off that podcast just yeah. on hair transplants alone. It is climbing back. I'm yeah. So now I want to ask you, so I, I found the one, and I was looking at, I was watching video from the first few games of the year because I'm like, geez, their penalty kill is way better. And I, I didn't see any glaring difference in the system. So I started digging in. Well, what am I seeing? I'm like, oh, geez. Really sh- the orders block 32 shots on the penalty kill, Browning, the first 13 games. They've blocked 25 in the last seven. Their shot blocking is like double in their last seven games. And so talk to Cody Cece about it. We'll get his answer in a second. But he basically said, like, hey, the games are closer. You're more because it sucks to do it. Right. Like you played and it's I don't care who you are. No one's like, "Woo, get the block shots today. Like it sucks because, you know, that there's some of them are like they're stinging, like brutal. But when you're in a close game, you're much more willing to do it. Right, and so the orders are getting blown out, and all of a sudden, guys are like, well, nah, it's five to one. Do I really need to do it? The old flamingo, yeah. Well, not, yeah, not even the flamingo. It's just, <laughs> yeah, you don't. You I'm can't in the flamingo. lane, but not in yeah, the lane. Exactly. <laughs> Ask Struddy about Mart Marinson. It's still one of the great. That's when Struddy became a real media guy. Is when he just went up one side of Mart Marinson and down the other. That's when I knew he is he was removed from the game enough because mm-hmm. he was beside himself on Mart Marinson, and he's like. This guy, he thinks he he makes you believe he's going in the lane. There is no, and he went off on Marty Marines. And it was true. And after that, we'd watch him like, and I'm sure you played it. You're like, oh, I'm in the lane from the coach's angle on the bench. It might look yeah, like yeah. I'm in the lane, but I know I'm not in the lane. Yeah, we've every player's been in that situation. But I, I would agree with you. I mean, the Oilers right now are right at that point where it looks like potentially they could actually build off of something. They, they're doing so many things right, obviously, with their two stars playing the way that they're playing, the role players now stepping up, putting up some points and playing with a real sense of urgency. Um, there couldn't be a better matchup having Vegas in here, you know, knocked up a little bit or banged up, sorry, uh, you know, probably a little bit tired, played last night, played in overtime. But, you know, I think I really agree with the Oilers and looking at their PK because of the commitment and how much it does suck getting in shooting lanes. That's never fun. But you can really measure your team where they're at and the buy-in on penalty kill because it asks you to do some things that aren't easy to do. So the fact that they're blocking shots at that stat does not surprise me because I think their commitment now to each other and to the game just is that much more. Yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting. I, I like CC admitting he's like, yeah, you know what? Then blow games, you're probably not more willing. But guys, now nah, hey, closer games, and away you go. And the the one thing though. That the only negative about the Oilers' penalty kill is in the last seven games, they're actually taking more penalties than they were in the first team. 13. Like, the Oilers are the second most penalized team in the NHL. They've been the only team that's shorthanded more often is the Anaheim Ducks. Now, the Oilers are tied with Colorado at 3.98 uh, power play opportunities against per game. Basically four, right? Like, it's not, you got to lower that because I don't, eventually, you're going to get scored on, right? 
luck here, there, whatever, the good teams. Like Edmonton has a good power play. You can go up against the best penalty kill, and they'll still score. We saw that against Washington. The Caps came in at 96%, and the orders torched them in one period. You go into games against Toronto, uh, you know, Tampa, they're Tampa Bay we saw with Kucherov. Like, eventually, I don't care, Brownie, how good you are in the penalty kill. The other teams, when they get the elite power play, they have a big advantage because there's an extra player on the ice. Yeah, I mean, you just, you can't, how do you defend against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl when they got their confidence and feeling feeling the way they do, I think, right now. It's just that's so hard to defend. They, they can beat you so many different ways. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to be in a shooting lane, but it's it's pick your poison, right? You're in a shooting lane here. They Whether it's a redirect pass or Dreisaitl turning his back to you, it's a little slip pass. He turns around. Fight. Very, very hard to defend. Um, you know, when you have that type of skill, and ability, you're just, you know, you're, it's just a matter of time where you're playing with fire before those guys are going to burn you. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. If you missed it, uh, Kyle Davidson, uh, they had a press conference in Chicago today. Uh, this does, n- this is a workplace matter involving Corey Perry. It does not involve any player or their families and anyone that suggests otherwise is wildly inaccurate. And frankly, it's disgusting. So, which is, which is a really sad state. Uh, when you look at uh, the rumor that was out there uh, online and, and then people trying to defend those who made up the rumor spread. Well, if Chicago had done this, wait a sec. Regardless of what Chicago did, you started a rumor with no truth and then you spread it and you share memes about it. And you're like, ah, it's funny. Ah, it makes me laugh without taking a second to think about the lay, the, the mother involved of the, of the stupid ass rumor, right? Their family. And then think about, oh, well, uh, but it's Chicago's fault that I retweeted it. It's Chicago's fault that I shared it or liked it. No, it isn't. It's your fault. I, if, if you want to, you know, and people say, hey, Gregor, don't get on your high horse. So what about trade speculation? Well, I don't do a lot of trade speculation on the show. I'm not an insider. Right. Number two, though, if you're talking about, hey, so-and-so, uh, he might be traded. You're, you're not disparaging the player. You're not accusing him or his wife of infidelity. You're talking about he might get traded, which is part of the job in the NHL. People get traded. Like, make a realistic comparison. So, uh, anyway, uh, you know, Corey Perry, uh, whatever he did, grab a clue. Pretty simple to say. And uh, I, I think the Chicago organization, because of what happened the last time, they had a zero like you had no strikes, right? which is just probably valid. Like at some point we look and say, okay, here's certain things that just aren't, they're not allowed. And if you look at, you know, what, what would deem a workplace thing? I'm not going to speculate, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to look at what are some of the options here, right? There's only a few. You can figure out what they are, right? It doesn't involve a teammate or any of their families, but it's in the workplace. So, it's not that difficult to, to put, you know, the pieces together to figure out what went on. And now he's got, he got to pay the price. Like, remember, three, before the season started, people were like, Jesus, Corey Perry going to the Hall of Fame? Now, he was borderline at best. But uh, this, especially if he doesn't play again, well, he's never, he's not getting in for sure. And, and now he probably won't be because people are like, well, he was maybe. Now it's like whatever. So 
There's always, you know, I'm a big believer there should be consequences, serious action. I've said it all along. I know that if Jason Greger gets a DUI, guess what? My job is done. Now, there's lots of people listening right now that if they get a DUI, their job isn't done. Is that fair? And I'm the one who's losing my job? I say, yes, it is. Because I'm the one who's talked lots about don't do it. Right? We say it every Friday in the show, please don't drink and drive. Right? Ruins your life, can ruin many other people's lives. So, yeah, there's a different standard for people. And you know that going in, right? That's just a fact. I know it. Deal with the consequences. Don't be an idiot. So, you know, Corey Perry, you're in the public eye. Guess what? Certain things you can't do in your workplace. There's other people in their workplace that they will get fired for doing the exact same thing. The difference is no one will hear about it. They'll have to live with it, which is the worst punishment. But that's just part of the job. So, you know what? I, I don't have much empathy for Corey Perry. Put himself in this situation. You know what the personal guidelines are in the contract. Right, Brownie? You know. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel for him. I feel for... Well, I feel for his, his, the innocent people in his family because now they're, like, they, people ask them. And you know what? Now his wife has to deal with it 100%. Yeah. Right. I, I have empathy for them for sure. Yeah. I mean, you may, he's obviously made a mistake. Yeah. Um, we all do. True. I, we all, yeah, it's, it's not that he can't come back from this. Doesn't mean that Corey Perry's in like, he should go to hell or he should yeah. never be allowed to live again. Of course not. But I think at this stage in his career, I don't know if he does come back though. Right. Like who's, how does he come back? Well, I, I think eventually, you know, at some point, you know what, uh, he, well, he, he would have to probably come out and address it himself. Yeah. If he wants to play in the NHL again, which you know what? And, and I've always said this. If you'll tell people, they'll be like, oh, OK, that's greasy what you did. And uh, I, my understanding is it's nothing that is, um, you know, going to result in any sort of legal ramifications. So, I, you know, not that it makes it good, but, you know, so it's, it's not like because I know people are saying, well, is this a similar situation to what happened? No, they're not covering up any sort of sexual abuse. Right. There's nothing like that involved. But there, there's things you can't do at any employment place. Right. Like there's certain ways that you just you can't do things. Right. Um, some uh, inter-office romance that's frowned upon. Right. You can't um, verbally abuse people at work. Right. You obviously can't physically abuse them. Right. Like there's lots of different things that can happen in a workplace that you can't do. Times have changed, obviously. For the better, you know, this is an organization that has gone through a lot and they're obviously, oh, you yeah. know, any organization yeah. would be very intolerant to this and them especially. Yeah, they're, it, they're probably, and maybe we should argue that this should be the new standard. We'll see. Quick break. We'll come back. Gregor and Brown with you on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Oh, good tune. Good tune, con man. Picking up the pace a little bit. I like it on a Tuesday afternoon game day. Orders taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no lineup changes for Edmonton. Uh, look for Thompson to go in goal tonight. Aiden Hill got the start last night in the 2-1 overtime loss for Vegas. Their third game in four nights. 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, the Edmonton Orders, this is the game they need to win. As we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment Group. Innovative market leader across Western Canada with properties including the Seattle Thunderbirds, Spruce Grove Saints, the Junior Prospects, Hockey League, Super Hockey League, and more. That is Silent Sports and 
enter Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment. And uh, we are joined by a former NHLer, who was also a member, of course, of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, teammate of uh, Sean Brown, Mats Lindgren, joins us uh, on the show. Mats, how you doing, my man? Oh, good, good. How are you guys doing? Hey, uh, excellent. Hey, Matty, do, do you remember your uh, your first meeting with a young Sean Brown? He's got to be careful uh, here. I got some stuff on you too. <laughs> yeah, like I, 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 yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, uh, as you know, he's a little bit of a character. But there was, there was, a, it was a really good time. You know, with a lot of guys coming up at the same time there in, in, in Edmonton, and you know, Sean and you know some of the other guys they. They made uh, life hard for us young Swedish kids. <laughs> How was it? You know, you came over, you played in Farstad in 94, 95, and then you come over to North America, you played 13 games in the American League, had seven goals, 12 points, and boom, you get called up to the NHL, uh, the best league in the world. How, how tough was the off-ice transition for you, Mats? Uh, it wasn't that hard, to be honest with you. Like The, the, the hard part was you know, coming from Sweden where um, it's pretty sheltered, in general, okay. and then just coming over, and um, I actually stayed with Freddie Olsen. Um, he took me in, so I stayed at his house there in the beginning. But I was injured too. Um, but that was probably the, the, the toughest part, kind of just the, the culture back then in the mid nineties. Uh, kind of getting used to that, I think. The uh, what about the game itself? Um, obviously, back then there was the big ice, the smaller ice. You know, just the transition to the game itself. Because your numbers for a rookie, pretty good, man. Like it seemed from the outside, uh, you made the transition pretty good. How was it for you going through it? It was good, but I mean, it was it was. Uh, I had a lot of injuries, so like I signed when I signed back in Sweden during the lockout, uh, <clears throat> and then I came over when our season was over, but I was already injured, so I didn't get to play. That was like 95, 96. Okay. So I just had to be around the team. Um, then I rehabbed, had a bad back, so I rehabbed the whole summer, and then I came back the following year. And then uh, I went down to uh, Cape Breton for conditioning, I think. I had a one-way contract, so I mean, I had, I had to go down for conditioning or something. Uh, and then I got slashed behind the leg, and I got dropped foot, so then I missed another year. So I was I was in Edmonton for like about a, about a year and a half until I could actually play my first game um, for the Oilers. So it was a little bit of a it was quite hard the first time until things got going. Matt's you know you talked about having a bad back and obviously we've all been far removed from the game. Is there anything when you look back in your career maybe that you would have did different? Maybe how you handled some injuries? Maybe training? Uh, anything you would change as you look back? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, in general, it was just not enough, uh, you know, mobility work. You know, it was all about lifting. Uh, and even in Edmonton, like, I, I was more of an offensive guy, you know, being back home in Sweden. But when I came over, maybe part of my, maybe because of my injuries too a little bit, but I got to play a little bit more of a defensive style and you had to play against, you know, Lindros and Primo and stuff. And it was such so much emphasis on, on you know, being bigger and heavier. And I think that really kind of uh, my my body was a little bit of a mess, just kind of trying to catch up from shoulder surgeries to back surgeries and and all that stuff. Um, and and then the last part, to be honest with you, like the reason why I retired, uh, I had two back surgeries in in Vancouver my last year, and almost 
by being stubborn. Like I had a surgery, like I hurt my back the first in the morning morning skate of the first game of the season, and uh, I had to go in for surgery. So I had that, and I wasn't ready to come back. But after about seven weeks, you know, everybody was just pushing and pushing, like, you're ready to go, you're ready to go. I was like, okay, watch this. And then I just skated across the ice, and I blew my back up. And then I had to go in for another surgery. So it was just, uh, you know, stuff like that, I guess I could have been a little bit stronger and smarter. Yeah. To be honest, so, Mats, when we were having on on you, I was looking up some stats and trying to look up some information. And to be honest with you, I couldn't find a whole lot. <laughs> but what I did see and what I did find a lot of is uh, a lot of information on your son. And it had been a long time since I seen you. And then your son played and went through the academy. So I had an opportunity to watch him. And he's an outstanding player. And then that kind of led to you and I kind of getting back in contact with each other. But, um, yeah, just looking up looking up you which led me to your son he's i've watched him he's a great player how's he doing i know he's in red deer right now he's drafted by buffalo um how's he doing because i know you had a big hand in his development because you do lots of skill development in bc um how's he doing yeah he's doing good he's doing good uh you know red deer i think is is running a unbelievable program you know preparing players for the next level uh, there's no sugar coating over there, um, but he's enjoying it. You know what I mean? He's he's his drive for the game and passion is great. And uh, you know, I think for for each, you know how it's Sean, Like it's kind of up to the individual to kind of determine, you know, how far you're going to take it. So um, it, it, it's at this point, I think it's just for me, it's just kind of fun watching more than anything. Um, and for him, it's just an exciting time. You know, kind of. Hopefully, you know, finishing up his junior career this year and signing the Sabers. But I mean, those are the things that you can't really control. But it's really good at just focusing on the on the daily stuff. And so, as the holiday season gets closer here, I don't know if you remember this story, but do you? Oh know? yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it today as I'm shopping and starting to to get some ideas together. Um, so we're sitting in the dress room and. And Matt's comes to me. He's got family over. Uh, and I don't know if he married her, but she was your girlfriend at the time. So he's got yeah. family over and he's like, hey, Brownie, can you do me a favor? Can you come over tonight? Because in Sweden, Santa comes in the evening, right? And so he's like, if you can put on, I, I'll get you an outfit. Come, you know, surprise him. Give a couple token, hello, you know. Ho ho hos and and play the role of Santa for for this young young boy. So I'm like, whatever. I don't know what I'm getting to. I I got nothing going on. So I go over there. You remember this, Matt? Oh yeah. <laughs> that was the best. It was so much fun. <laughs> so I go there. I, I go there. He's got this poor Santa outfit that it's barely put together. And I put it on there, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Like, the beard doesn't even fit. I'm like, how is this going to go? You know, I'm a little nervous myself. So I go up there, I knock on the door, and and their whole family comes. And not everyone could speak English, right? I don't even think, I don't think he could. So I'm in this outfit. I knock on the, I knock on the door. They open it up, and I'm like, ho, ho, ho. 
got the, this this beard's like falling off. I'm brown. This kid's just like look- Santa's black. What's happening? <laughs> He's looking at me, and I'm just like I'm trying to talk to him and engage with him, and he he doesn't understand English. Matt's is looking at me. His his parents, his girlfriend. I was just like, man, what what a night that was. <laughs> yeah, you kind of you kind of blew that one. Huh? <laughs> I think I ruined it for that kid. For oh. yeah, know. he hasn't been the same since. Oh. Oh, but it was it was it was it was really good. It was so nice of you to do that. But that's kind of the sweetest tradition. Like I don't know why. Um, it's kind of silly, but we always dress up. Uh, you know, Santa always comes, and we have these kind of cheap Santa outfits with a mask. They're quite scary, to be honest with you. Some of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, you were a gamer, man. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. You know, and that kind of speaks to our team. To be honest with you, that's what sticks out for me most is uh, the relationships that and the friendships that we all had. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with you know before nine eleven, we had to fly uh, we had to fly commercial. And so a lot of the times, you know, I think when we got into a city and, and played uh, and we didn't fly out the next day, there was there wasn't a whole lot to do other than to just go out as a team and, and kind of get together and, and, and bond. Um, I, I, would you agree that that was kind of the reason, one of the reasons why the teams were so close back then? I think so. You know what I mean? There was, there was nothing really else like going on. Like we were always <laughs> together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I think that's, like you said, I mean, the, the team was really close, and I think that's why we, we had, you know, success in the playoffs because on paper we obviously weren't as strong as some of the teams that we beat there in, in, in back-to-back years. Uh, but, yeah, like looking back, it's, it's, uh, it was definitely, you know, yep. pretty much a highlight of my, my career, like those years in Edmonton. You know, there's a lot of young guys coming in at the same time, and you had kind of an older group too, but it's, it, was, it was a good time. Matt's Lingren joins us. And Matt's, when you came in those first two seasons at Edmonton, you know, a lot of Oiler fans listening, uh, those are the two years that brought back a lot of Oiler fans. Uh, 97 and 98, of course, uh, back to back years is the big underdog, upsetting Dallas and then upsetting Colorado. And so for you, that was like your first, you know, you're in Edmonton, your first time playing in the NHL. And uh, can, can you kind of take me through kind of your experience of the crowd? In 97 and 98, maybe specifically when Buckberger scored in game three, just kind of, you know, that was your first home game in Edmonton. And how different was it as far as an atmosphere? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. For you. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, obviously it was a kind of a new experience because I, I had never, you know, experienced anything like it, really. Like, I think... Uh, at the old rink, I mean, you could more or less hear the crowd like when you were start, you know, when you were walking out, and and um, I mean, it was definitely one of the reasons why we won, we won some of those games. Like the crowd, the crowd was just so crazy, and just in general, like how this how the city kind of lived up again. I know, I mean, you know, all the success that uh, the Oilers had in the past, and I think it was a few years that were kind of on the downhill, and then this kind of came up and. Um, no, it was truly. Uh, it, I mean, it was just so exciting, exciting to play. And I think when we beat whatever that was, that in '96, '97, when we beat Dallas, uh, I mean, we. I think we played about as hard as we could, could have. Yeah. But uh, the problem was, you know, we we beat Dallas, and then we met the team that was almost as strong as, you know, that like in in Colorado the fall, and we just emptied too much of our. We didn't have as much gas left in the tank, I think, but um, it was definitely like a, a what an awesome experience. So I know you do a lot of skill development, and I know you've worked with your son among a lot of other really good hockey players. And I ran into Adam Larson, a, a former Oiler, uh, that you spent some time with, and I've heard, and he had nothing but but great things to say about you and and what you do on the ice and as a person. Is there anything that, you know, with the amount of kids that you've worked with, is there anything that sticks out to you about maybe the higher-end kids and maybe why they get it, they don't get it? Is there a certain characteristic? Is there something that you've seen on the ice over a period of time that leads you to believe certain kids, you know, have, have you know, have a chance of making it? I do, uh, and depending how well I know them, but uh, they just have these, they just have like that passion that you see like they just don't go out there there's no fooling around and they're doing all the extra, the extra stuff like with Adam I was coaching in the Swedish Hockey League when when we brought him up from the junior team when he was 16 and you know obviously this poor guy is you know driving and here he is like he's stick handling like he's walking to the rink like stick handling with a you know with a wooden ball you know what I mean but he just never stopped like he was constantly working on on the stuff and I've been working with Mac and Celebrini here too, and you know my son was there. But there's always like they they just constantly want more, I think, uh, and that that's kind of the main main thing for me. You just kind of seeing these guys that are really like they they love it that much that you just, they just constantly want more. Matt Lindgren joins us, a uh, former NHLer, uh, now skills coach. We talked a little bit about his son. Uh, of uh, the same name, Mats Lingren, who's playing currently for the Red Deer Rebels. A defenseman uh, was a fourth-round selection of Buffalo in uh, 2022. So, Mats, uh, you know, go to your son. When you watch it as a dad who, who played in the NHL, who knows how difficult it is to get there, how do you how do you approach that? Because I think you, you have the experience of the NHL. Obviously, that that's an advantage that some other uh, parents maybe don't have. But then at the same time, how do you ensure that you don't, 
talk about it too much because it's very difficult. Like, there's lots of kids who get drafted who never play. That's just the truth, right? There's lots of kids who play in the dub who never get who never get drafted. So, how do you balance that as a dad? Well, for for me, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Like to be honest with you, like I, like my dad, he didn't know anything about hockey. But I mean, they were just supporting me, and they kind of. Uh, they were always there for me, but it was kind of for me to figure out. Okay. You know, I have my coaches, and for me, it's the same thing. Like it's not for me. Like he's in Red Deer, he has great coaches, he has everything that he needs. Like for me, I'm just there as support. Uh, I ask stuff and we talk about stuff, uh, but it's it's I'm more of a fan at this point. And then in the summer we get to work and we kind of work more work on you know the technical details and you know all that other stuff. So for me, it's not really. Uh, I, I think it's fairly easy for me to handle that part of it. When you work with young players, Matt, and you see the way the game has changed, like it's so much more about possession and speed than it ever has been before, which is great. Uh, is there one thing that you believe now, though, just like when you talk, because I see, you know, a lot of kids, they want to watch YouTube and, oh, I want to be able to do the, you know, the, you know, some sort of great stick handling or whatever. But a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily transferable to being successful in games for the majority of the time. So what do you think are, for you anyway, some of the, like, the basic, most important skills to develop for young players today? Well, I think, first of all, they, they have to understand that the game is, a, is about competing. You know I mean? That, that's kind of the baseline. Just so you don't think that the YouTube clips that they see is that kind of where you start. <laughs> I mean, the, the skill that you have, like nowadays, everybody's so good. Um, so... Before you can kind of be a, could be a standout if you if you could really skate. Nowadays at this next level, everybody can skate. So what's going to take you? Like what's going to separate you from other from the other players? And I think um, that's what I'm trying to focus on. Uh, at least like uh, with the young guys and to to understand that like we have to have to compete. And when you play, like you're going to use your skill and. Uh, you know, try to understand when to do it. But I also believe, and this is where I get I'm a, a little bit different from, uh, you know, how hockey is, how you guys are teaching in Canada in general, is that in Sweden, it's all about creativity. Like yeah. we need to keep, we need really need to keep the creativity going. So yeah. as far as, you know, dump and chase hockey or, you know, all these set plays and all that stuff, it, it, it doesn't really exist at the top uh, organizations back home until you're like 15 years old. Like it's all about creating uh, really, really high-end individuals because we don't have so many players. So we really have to focus on that. And once you get get these individuals, then you put them into a group setting, and then you can actually, you know, play against Canada and all these other countries. Uh, mm. So it's it's. Uh, I have my own little because that's how my journey was when I retired in. 2004, I went back home and I coached in the Swedish Hockey League for seven years. Uh, and then we kind of moved back to Canada. So I kind of seen both both sides of it. And there's obviously a million things that Sweden can learn from Canada. But I also think that there's a few things that we can do a little bit better here in Canada as far as the developing young players. Yeah, it is really tough. I mean, I work with kids too, and you're always working on individual skills and trying to help them, you know, add to their toolbox and and you spend all summer long doing it and then there's obviously a disconnect between you know coaches and and winter hockey during the season and that skill it's almost like we you work on it with them and then it gets beaten out of them then you work on it with them again in the summer but 
I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you watch today's athlete and, and even back when we played, if if that number one box is not ticked off as far as compete, um, it's pretty yeah. hard to go anywhere because the kids are just, you know, as you get higher up the mountain or closer to the top, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a huge separator. Um, so now that your son's getting a little bit older and yeah, have you had any thoughts of maybe getting involved in hockey at the higher levels? Are you still, are you quite content and happy, you know, working with minor hockey kids and, and doing what you're doing now? Yeah, I think it's, a, I, I like what I do uh, at this point. I'm not interested in going back coaching again. Um, I think it's a good, like the, win, the winter season when you work, it's a, in general, the kids are a little bit younger, but then, you know, spring comes and summer comes and the major junior kids and the college guys comes back and a few pro guys and you get to kind of work with the older boys again. And I think it's a good mix. Um, uh, so at this point, um, I'm not really... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking to you know to coach necessarily. So we'll, we'll see what happens, and that has nothing necessarily to do with my own son. You know, of course, it is fun to have him on the ice in the summer, and you know, at that point, you know, he's just kind of one of one of you know that the boys that I'm working with. Um, but I truly enjoy it. You know, I think it's it's fun to kind of see the progression and kind of follow, follow these kids during the season, and you know, the up and downs because there definitely are a lot of those. Matt, uh, it's great to catch up with you again. We really appreciate your time. Have a great day. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. That is uh, Matt's Lindgren. Uh, what a good conversation with a uh, former member of the uh, Edmonton Orders. Uh, we're a little bit late. So let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire, where the Road Ready uh, Sales event is on right now, where you can save up to $225 off select tires and also get a $50 bonus if you book any treatment right now at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions apply. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 